Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 135 of What's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Johnson with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, or Craftsman Truck Series. Can't even keep up with sponsors anymore. Uh, driver Lane Riggs is set to join us. Uh, got a great chat ahead as uh, we'll catch up with Lane on his career and his plans for 2024. Uh, he'll join us coming up in just a little while from right now. Plus, we will take a look at the top headlines around the sport, what's happening, silly season in full swing, some big changes heading into 2024. We'll recap you on everything that's gone on over the last couple of weeks. We'll answer your questions coming up later in our Ask David segment as well that you guys have for David and Lane coming up in just a bit. As always, David Starr is here with us. We've been off for a couple of weeks, uh, but we are back for our First off-season show before the Christmas holiday. David, uh, happy holidays to you. How are things uh, with the Star Gang? Glad to have you back, man. How are we feeling? Man, glad, glad to see you guys and glad to be uh, back. Uh, man, just uh, just been busy, man. You know, the holidays, uh, you know, the season ending, the holidays are here. And, uh, you know, you're so excited to, to go into the holiday season, but, man, it, it flies by so quick. I was just telling my guys at my shop today, it's like, hey, tomorrow we're going to work a half a day, and then we're it's Christmas time, you know. And uh, But, man, it's pretty fe festive around my house. There's Christmas trees everywhere, lights everywhere, and uh, it's uh, we're, we're excited, you know. How about how about you guys? What, what are y'all doing? Y'all ready for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. It's all good around here. Uh, certainly a lot to be grateful and thankful for and just uh, – uh, enjoying this time in, in Texas too, David. I, I I love that it's just now fall in December. That I'm not dealing with snow right now. I, I it is a good place to be here in the great state of Texas this holiday season. Absolutely. Yesterday in my shop, they uh, they were doing some tours around the Speedway, and they brought about I don't know 20 people into my shop, and they said, uh, you know, they they were they were from uh, one uh, one couple was from uh, uh, Minnesota. They were from all over, but one of our topics was uh, it's good to live in Texas. You know, yesterday it was 60, uh, man, I don't know, 63, 64, 65 degrees. Beautiful day. And uh, the weather has been incredible here. It's just so beautiful. But, you know, Tyler, and, uh, you know, when it's Christmas time, you, you don't mind a little cold weather. You know, I, I mean, I only want to be cold for about a week. And that's when Christmas is here because it feels more like Christmas when the weather's cold. And uh, so hopefully it starts uh, getting cold here the next couple of days, you know. <laughs> uh, you, you, I'll consider you the minority on that. I'll, I'll go <laughs> here right now. But Dominic Aragon joins us right now as well. Pleased to welcome him back. Uh, Dominic, good to see you. Happy holidays. How are we doing, my friend? Hey, pretty good. Good to, good to be back. I know the last time we, we had a show was about four or five weeks ago. So it's good to be back. I had people in my inner circle. You'd appreciate this, Tyler. Asking, hey, hey, Dom, when's the next show? When, when, when are you guys dropping the next show? Well, rest assured, it's dropping this week, and it, it's good to be back with you guys. It is, it is good to have the gang all uh, back together and uh, enjoying the uh, holiday season. Uh, Dom, I know we got a lot to cover in the news and notes, but there has been so much that has gone on since the last time we chatted. What has stood out to you of uh, some of the headlines and some of the things going on in the sport here the last few weeks? I maybe because they're more recent, but the two that come to mind. The, the good news keeps getting better for Ryan Blaney with the engagement to his longtime girlfriend, now fiance. And then 
Shane Van Gisbergen getting to run the full Xfinity schedule at Colleague Racing and select cup races and the Arca Daytona race to have that eligibility. Those two come to mind, but that's just scratching the surface. There's a lot more, and we'll definitely dive into more of that here in a little bit. What about you, David, uh, of what we've seen over the last few weeks, a lot that's gone on. What's it caught your attention, David? Man, you know, it's just, uh, man, just looking back on the season was an incredible season in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. I mean, it was just amazing year with great racing. And, uh, you know, like you said, Tyler, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm excited uh, to, to visit with Lane Riggs. I mean, young, a young guy, young man that's so talented. I think he's going to be a superstar in our sport for years to come. So excited to hear him, him a little bit about, about his story. But there's there's a lot going on, you know, and uh, I've, I've really kind of been busy uh, working on all my sponsorship stuff for 2024. And then my NASCAR racing school has been really busy. So uh, I'm kind of kind of excited to hear a little bit about some of the stuff going on in the sport that I've kind of missed because I've been so busy. But uh, but man, the, the future is bright, and uh, man, everything's going great. Looking forward to uh, the 2024 NASCAR season. I think it's going to be even better than what we just came out of. Yeah, yeah, and David's got some uh, exciting stuff that uh, he's working on. We'll uh, be talking about here in the uh, coming weeks ahead. Dominic, tell us about uh, our guest this week, Lane Riggs. That last name, very familiar in NASCAR circles, but uh, Lane is certainly uh, charting his own path, making a legacy of his own here. Oh, he certainly is. Second-generation NASCAR racer from the great state of North Carolina. I spoke with him in Las Vegas in September and told him about our show, and he was very interested and told him we'd love to have him during the offseason. And lo and behold, we're in our first offseason show, and Lane Riggs, and well, the timing couldn't even be better, guys, signing his new multi-year deal with Front Row Motorsports to compete full-time in the Craftsman Truck Series. It's going to be a fun conversation. And, and Lane, thank you so much for, for being our guest this week and our first guest back from our little hiatus. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It's a, it's an honor to be on the show. And, um, yeah, it's like you said, perfect timing. I've been living on cloud nine ever since the announcement was made. And, you know, it was it – was, we actually signed the contract the day that we announced the thing. So, I mean, it wasn't like we – it's been done. It's it wasn't a done deal for a long time, and then we had to wait you know, a month to tell everybody. No, it was it was pretty much right then and there. Once it finally got finished, we were able to tell the, tell the public. So, um, yeah, I'm just super thankful, and you know, we'll talk more about how it came about and such. But um, yeah, I'm just I've been I can't stop smiling. Absolutely. Yeah, well, Tyler, I was emailing Lane last week. We we're going back and forth and I didn't hear from him. He told me, hey, sorry, because he had just signed the, the contract and he got back to me the next day. I don't know. I totally understand. I'm sure it's been a at that point a busy 24 or 48 hours. But now a week removed from that announcement, I mean, like you said, cloud nine. Has has it finally sunk in or is it still not quite there that you're going to be competing full time in 24? It has. They uh they actually have already got me on the, the full performance simulator already and already running laps and I've already ran some laps at Coda on the simulator. That's going to be the tough one. I've never ran a road course in my life. So uh, I'm going to, I had a lot to learn. Uh, they're like, yeah, you're, you know, you're only like two or three seconds off so far. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have a lot to learn. So <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, just to know everybody in the shop and you know, get to meet uh, Dylan Capello, my new crew chief and uh, just everything so far has been great. The meshing has been well. Um, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a really great season for what I've seen so far. I have high expectations. Lane, let me ask you, you're going to 
a very good team in Front Row Motorsports. We've seen what they've done at the cup level with Michael McDowell and the job that he's done with, with that organization. But the truck side, they this is a team that competes for wins week in and week out. Uh, we we know about you know the the ownership group how well of a job they've done there what they've invested in this truck program. What's it like for you to be able to walk in and know you guys are going to be able to compete at a high level right away? It's it's you know I'm super excited, but it's also just relieving that you know I finally feel like I've made it. I'm going to be able to go to the racetrack every weekend. I get to go to Daytona. I get to go to all the tracks. You know, hey we. You know, have an off weekend, we get to go try again next week. That's something I've never been able to do before. It's always been, well, hopefully I can find a ride with a different team in about three or four months from now and get one more shot. Um, it's just going to be great to be able to create that bond. But, yeah, Front Row Motorsports, they're dominant. I mean, I, I think if they would have been able to you know, not have the couple of mistakes and, you know, bad luck happen, I think they would have won the championship. Everybody saw the championship race. He was the fastest truck, in my opinion. So, um they just, you know, Chris Lawson, everybody over there, they built a really good program. Uh, all the guys in there are, are passionate about what they do. Uh, they got great resources. Obviously, they have cup cars and, uh, you know, a lot of Ford support help. So um, they got the resources and they also got the people that know how to use the resources, which is just as important as, as having in the first place. Absolutely. So, Lane, uh, man, you come some, from a great racing family. Your dad, Scott Riggs, is, I don't know, he's just so good, so talented. It was fun to race against him. But, man, he, uh, you know, not only very competitive in the truck side, you know, ran cup, did it all. I mean, he, your dad was just so talented as a NASCAR driver. You know, it's it's cool. And I, and I, I know your dad's so proud. I, I mean, I just, you know, it's it's cool to – it don't get much better than what y'all are uh, experience right now, and what you will will what you and your family will experience for years to come. But uh, man, take us take us back to the start, man. Take us, uh, you know, obviously your dad been racing for a long time, and did you fall in love with it right away? Kind of share with us and and our fans and your fans uh, back early days for Lane Riggs. You know, take us back to the beginning and bring us up to where we're at today. All right, start at the beginning. It all started out at the uh, dirt track behind our house with a little kid cart. Um, <laughs> we're actually going to build the shop directly behind our house, uh, our mm -hmm. race shop, just our play shop at the time. And, um, you know, I think there was some kind of miscommunication in the construction versus the grading. So we had this big graded out spot behind the house. And uh, dad's always gone racing all the time when I was younger. And uh, me and my grandpa got out there on an old tractor that had a big scrape blade on it. And he said, he said, screw that, screw his shop. We're going to build a, we're going to build a go-kart track. <laughs> so when dad got home from whatever race he was running, we already had hay bales and we had a graded go-kart track and we were already running on it. So those, there went his shop plan grading. <laughs> item. So we had to move the shop to a different location so we could keep the go-kart track, which we still run on to this day. I think I posted a video on social media just the other week of us running on it. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the start. And then, you know, I did, I did a couple like, uh, you know, kid cart things, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I remember saying, mom, dad, I don't like doing this racing thing. I got to wait too long between races. Can we just go home where I can drive anytime I want to? And they're like, okay. <laughs> so I did that. And then, you know, we ran here at the track at the house and, 
it was a uh, gosh, you know, we we used to have Wednesday night races here. I mean, competitive. I'm talking, you know, we throw up money to win. We have bounties on people, and it was a full out. It was pretty much a as close to a sanctioned racetrack as you can get it here at the track. What what y'all call the rigs? Was it Riggs Raceway? I mean, what was the name of the racetrack at your house, dude? Oh, it, was I, awesome. it was just. It was just the it was just the Riggs track. Riggs's track. That's that's what it was called. <laughs> but uh we had a couple other friends that had some tracks too. So we like <laughs> we made like a little schedule. Like, like it, it was crazy. We got too competitive with it. It got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore because we were all trying so hard and it was so competitive and right. know, soaking tires and cheating up motors and we had to start doing tech and it's like that's not even fun. So that kind of fizzled away. And then um, you know, I, I finally that's when I after doing that for so long, I'm like, I just want let me try a car one time. Right. So dad knew the hardships of racing. He knows how tough it is, changes your life, how much it takes from you. So, you know, I tried all the stick and ball sports, basketball, baseball, golf, you name it. I tried it. Uh, I, it wasn't for me. It wasn't right. what I wanted to do. I wasn't passionate about it. So I finally begged enough. And thank you, mom. She finally got me. She, she convinced dad to go out and buy a four-cylinder car. Uh, it was at, at Orange County Speedway, right up the road, about seven or eight minutes up the road. They have a class called the, the four-cylinder pure stock series. Um, so we, we bought a used car, and uh, we went to the racetrack for the first time. I was, uh, I was 10 years old, and we ran, and you know, I, I think I impressed everybody off the bat. You know, They're like, we're going to have to go test 10 times until it gets good. I think we went twice, and we went race the third weekend. Um, so went out, I finished second, my first ever race and won my second ever race. Now, granted, this was like, this is just a hobby division. This isn't a kid's class. So my arch nemesis, I think he was like 67 and I was 10. <laughs> and, <You're> and 10. <laughs> we, we were wrecking each other. We were right hooking each other. I mean, it was ugly and, uh, we were pure rivals and, uh, we had a 57 year age gap. So. It, Dude, um, you were 10, he was 67. Yes, and 67. we were beating the doors off of each other. It was crazy. That's um, amazing. That's what taught me how to race. I Not racing against kids, I raced against grown-ups from the start. Um, so it started there, and then that progressed into winning the championship in that series. And um, then the next year, we, we bought a, a late model stock, and I ran the limited class there. And I think I ended up winning again my second or third race. We ended up winning our first race. So, um, you know, it just felt like all the tasks that were given me was like, you know, it takes a couple races and all right, we got it. We won the championship there and we moved up to late model. And I was ready to start, you know, going to different tracks. I only ever ran Orange County Speedway. Right. Um, but everything else was NASCAR sanctioned. And to run anything NASCAR sanctioned, you got to be 14. Right. Uh, as well as the Mars Tour, you had to be 14. So, my first ever cars to a race was on my 14th birthday at Tri-County Speedway. And, uh, you know, at the time I was racing against Deke McCaskill, Josh Berry, uh, Tommy Lemons. You're racing against grown um, men. Yes, I was 14 racing against these guys. First ever cars to race. We qualified second to Deke McCaskill. Wow. Um, and then uh, I don't even remember how the race turned out, but ran cars to for so many years. Here's the, here's the full circle moment. My last Cars Tour race I ran like three months ago at South Boston uh, in Kevin Harvick's car. Uh, me and Deke McCaskill battled it out for the win. Dude, that's coming <laughs> that's, full circle, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's uh, eight, seven or eight years later. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So, we ran late models. Um, 
2022, we decided to go for the, the NASCAR Weekly Series Championship. Um, won the Weekly Series Championship along with making my first couple truck starts. Um, just progressed from there. Just kept having to dig at it, keep digging. And, you know, this this past season, we meshed late model racing, um, you know, made a couple truck starts, finished third at IRP in the Spire number seven truck. Um, Great race, man. Three. Great race. I, I was there watching you, and you did a phenomenal job. Thank you, thank you. It was a, Bono did a great job setting it up. I just I just had to hold the steering wheel. <laughs> was, I, I definitely had to make sure I had perseverance. And then yeah, yeah. I think that opportunity you know got me the colleague ride to to run those three expanding races for colleague, and then um, right. hopefully just running well in those and showing that I had the potential. Um, you know, I was able to talk to Jerry Freeze, and they gave me the opportunity to run this truck. Well, dude, it's so refreshing to see. To hear your story and to see somebody like yourself that's so passionate and obviously so, so talented, uh, you know, what what your experience is, is cool uh, because you earned the right, you earned it. Nobody gave it to you. You earned it. And it's it's so refreshing because, as you know, it uh, doesn't happen that way very much. And it's good. Your story is really a a great story for every racer in the world or in the United States to know that, Hey man, if you have that passion, you're good. You understand your craft. You study your craft, you race your tail off and just all the knowledge and everything you have for racing. It, it is possible, you know, and, and I think Josh Berry yourself, uh, there's a couple other, uh, other ones out there over the years, you know, not, a, not a lot, but, you know, you earn your right. You know, when, when Kevin Harvick calls you and wants you to drive his late model and, and just colleague calls you and wants you to drive their Xfinity car, and by the way, you did a hell of a job. And then, you know, the truck races you ran, man, it, it's refreshing and cool. And it inspires a lot of other young racers out there to, to don't give up and look at Lane Riggs, look what he's doing. And now having the opportunity of a lifetime uh, with the organization that has trucks, it's in the truck series and the cup series. And, and uh, man, I'm excited for you because you have the talent, you have the ability, and I think you're a future star in our sport. So uh, congratulations. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. And, yeah. you know, talking about working on it, uh, you know, dad told me, he said, I'm not going to work on this car because it was me and him and volunteer help for those eight years that we raced to like 10 years total on all of it. Right. And uh, he said, if, if you're not going to help me on this car, we're not racing. If it gets wrecked and you're not going to help me fix it, we're not going racing. So, you know, I, I can say I knew every nut and bolt on every car I've ever owned and <laughs> worked on them all. And, you know, if we wanted to go faster, we had to go down there and work on them. You know how, yeah, you know think, how that is. Yeah, I think and, that's uh, called I think that's called tough love. That's, that's yeah, a dad that's, that really loves his son and wants him to, you know, uh, he, you know, nobody gave your dad anything either. He earned every, everything he ever got. And, uh, you know, and and uh, he was just he was just in you know putting that work ethic in you, and and you know he didn't have to tell you twice, obviously, because uh, look 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 how it's all turned out. You know what I mean? And uh, so, man, such a great story. It's amazing. Speaking Thank of you, your man. dad, uh, Lane, your your dad, you know, ran for MB2 Motorsports, Everett Ham, you know, Haas, and all that. I know you were young, but what was it like growing up around dad and and seeing him? race for some big time organizations in the sport and, and having the impact that it did. I mean, everybody knows who your dad is. I, I imagine that's, that's gotta be pretty cool to be carrying on his legacy and everything. 
Well, when he was racing, every every you know kid's dad raced, right? Isn't this how it is? Every this is normal, right? <laughs> you know, we go to the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, my buddy at preschool, you know, obviously his dad goes to the racetrack too. Duh, that's how I felt the whole time. And I mean, I understood. It's like you know, okay, this is not normal. But I'm like, I, I truly didn't understand until he got out of the sport, which was kind of difficult. And you know, I regretted. I'm like, oh, all those times, you know. We were on the grid at the at the Daytona 500, and you know we're starting on the pole of a race, and you know when when the the open and stuff like that. And I didn't I didn't care. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, looking back, that was really special, and I wasn't really old enough to understand what that meant. Um, but you know, in, in talking about his career and, and the timing of it all, you know, it did work out in a good way. That when he did start to step away from the sport. It was at the same time that I was starting to get interested in it. So he was able to spend that time with me. Uh, he's been to, I think, all but two races ever. And it was because it was just, it wasn't even possible he could be there, Adam. And, uh, you know, he's been there from the beginning and, you know, all the family supportive. And, uh, yeah, like you said, tough love, had to work for it. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Well, you were saying right before we came on the show, and you can care to share if you, if you would, but that your dad was pretty excited for your, your signing with the truck series team and, and going full-time racing next year. Share with us just what, what he, what it's been like to be around him and, and some of those emotions and that proudness I'm sure he has in you. It's been great. He said he, his, he keeps saying, he said, I've worked myself out of a job. I don't have to work on race cars anymore. I've worked myself <laughs> out of a job. He said, now I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, so, you know, I have, I have a younger sister. She dances uh, in competitions and such. He's had to miss so many of them over the years and just, you know, weddings and birthday parties and stuff that he's always had to miss because we're going racing. You know, he, he wants to make sure he spends the time with the family and distant family that he hasn't seen in years just because you don't have time to. So um, he wants to try to make all that right, try to do that. And, you know, he's just he's just relieved. He's like, you know, I've, I've pushed and worked and worked so hard and worked with you to get you to this point. I'm just glad that we didn't do it for, I wouldn't say nothing, but, you know, glad it finally paid off. We, we saw a dream, we saw a goal, and we were able to accomplish that. You know, we know that from that step from being a late model driver to being a NASCAR driver is the biggest step in the sport. You know, like he he, he showed his hands, it's like it's that big between late model and, and NASCAR, and it's this big between the other series to get to the other ones. He's like, so you you did it, you made it, This is this is the step, so – um, I know mom was relieved when we were doing all the, the contract negotiations. She was probably the most tense one out of everybody because she, you know, <laughs> you could always fall apart at any minute. And uh, yeah. I know that when I finally I, I signed it and I called her, she just she bawled and you know, she had to hang the phone up and call me back later. So uh, it, it's just it's been awesome to see all the emotion for everybody. Lane, you got the trophies behind you. Uh, we know about the weekly series championship you won back in 2022. What did that mean for you to, to win that title, to be a championship NASCAR driver? And and what did it do for your career going forward? I think that that was one of the stepping stones. Uh, I mean, it, it all goes back to the very beginning, though. Know, say you didn't win that first go-kart race. You know, it, it all progressed from the start. But I think that was one of the big pinnacle things that put me on the map and people were like, oh, this kid's actually the real deal. He can do it. Um, you know, obviously we had to race 40 some races in a season and, and win. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's what got me, got me the opportunity because I was, you know, doing the championship and simultaneously I ran, you know, those three truck races for, for Hallmark, um, 
you know, thankful to them to give me the opportunity. I remember we went to my first ever truck race we ran. It was at IRP and we finished seventh. And uh, I flew home and drove all night to Dominion Speedway to race the late model race for national points. And we went out and won the, the late model race the next day. So that was wow. like you know, one of those nights like, man, say it didn't all work out like that. But yeah. I, I think winning that, um, being successful in the truck races I ran, um, I think another big one is obviously finishing third this season. And um, and also just, you know, Harvick give me opportunity. If, obviously, if Kevin Harvick, you know, he Kevin could have picked anybody, and, and he picked me to drive his late model. That says a lot. Just as much of him, you know, let me drive the car and have an opportunity to go to victory lane, it was just as important to to show the public this is – if I got to pick one guy, this is the guy. And that goes a long way. Um, that, you know, thankful to, to Matt Collig and Chris Rice for letting me drive their car. And, you know, the, our Martinsville Xfinity race, um, I talked a little bit to Jerry Freeze before it. And, uh, you know, just kind of talking, chit-chatting. And uh, he hit me with the question. He said, um, he said, would you like to drive our truck next year? And I was like, drive your truck. And I was thinking that that deal must have been sewed up for, you know, six months now. It's just not public. And he said, no, we have we don't have a driver yet. And we're like, oh, okay. He's like, you know, we got some people on the radar. We're kind of debating on it. He said, but we'll, we'll watch you today and, you know, see what we think. I was like, okay. So he called me. Uh, the next Monday morning and said, you're the guy. We, we want you next year, and we, you know, we're 100% into it. What do you think? And it was like, you know, oh, my gosh, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, going back to events, I think, you know, the big ones that stand out to me is the national championship, finishing third at IRP in the truck, and then also having the, the successful Xfinity races that the right people were watching. Right. Absolutely, man. You, you, uh, it's, it's amazing the, the opportunities that, that had, that, that had come, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and what you did with those opportunities that puts you where you're at now, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's amazing to be such a raw rookie and to run so good. It's just, you know, the whole industry was watching really, you know, and, uh, I, I knew it wasn't going to be long, you know, because you were uh, just too good. And it was uh, it was cool to watch you run the IRP race. I was there watching. It was pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. That's and right. really, you're – and I believe – God, I'm trying to remember. Was it Zane Smith that won the race? No, uh, Tom Majeski won the race. With yeah, his, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. With, and then, with, his, with his bleeders. Yes, I remember, <laughs> but – you know, if you're looking back on that, you know, and, and you know, that's what racing is about sometimes, you know, and, and uh, you know, you're not really uh, gaining an advantage of nobody catching what, you, what you're doing, but they yeah. were doing something. And I think it caught up to them. And, you know, looking back on it, if, uh, you know, if they would have found what they were doing earlier, I mean, hell, there was no telling you know, how that race would have turned out for you. You know what I mean? So uh, he was in a different zip code, you know, and now we understand why. But, but man, you were you were impressive that, that night, man. It was uh, pretty cool. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I mean, the track was super racy. I remember the first year we went, we were all kind of running the top. And right. uh, it's like the top got so run in, there's so much rubber up top that we had to start searching for grip just to find some green track to have some bite. So, I mean, I, I remember, you know, I made so many passes there, uh, slide jobbing people on the bottom. I mean, I think that's the only asphalt track we can go to that you can actually slide job people. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's, going yeah, all the there's way another one. Yeah, no, no doubt. But man, your truck looked like it rotated really good. 
Uh, I, I remember watching you, you dive down in there underneath them and man, that thing would, it would cut in the center, man. It was like, man, he's, he's, you know, I really thought you had a shot there for a while, you know, but, uh, but that other truck that won, it was just, uh, man, I'm like, they gotta be doing something, you know, to be that dominant, you know, I mean, it was amazing, but, uh, but anyway, that, that was really cool, man. It's, uh, we're excited. And, and, and yeah. I think, I think everybody in the racing world and, and the fans across America are excited to, to, to watch you, uh, uh, you know, win a lot of races and championships in the future, you know? So, so yeah. Lane, uh, I gotta know, besides your dad and David Starr, who was, uh, some of your favorite drivers, uh, growing up over the years, man, who'd you uh, look up to? You can't go wrong with Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he's probably the most successful and professional person in the sport. I mean, I can't think of one thing that he ever did that, you know, he was never the bad guy. He never caused any fights, you know, never did anything. Sure, he was passionate about it, but you always made sure to keep his emotions in check. He was mentally strong. You know, when, when what things weren't going his way, you know, he might get a little frustrated, but he kept his head in the game. And, and that's a really hard thing to do nowadays. Um, obviously, Dad, you know, you can't go wrong with that. But, you know, I've always thought that, that Jimmy was an admirable race car driver. Dominic, isn't that interesting? Like, it, it still takes me a moment to mentally adjust guys saying Jimmy Johnson. I don't feel like Jimmy's that <laughs> old. But we saw his entire career. Oh, absolutely. Yep. The, five, the five in a row, the seven total championships. And and to think, too, I mean, they, I remember – a lot of those races on ESPN and Andy Petrie and and Jerry, Dr. Jerry Punch, friend of the show. I, I think I remember he was the one that quoted the, the saying, Tyler, there were three things guaranteed in life, death, taxes, and Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Lane, that's a good one. Jimmy Johnson is definitely a good one. But your dad was cool, calm, and collective, too. He uh, he was just a charger, man. He raced hard, and when it didn't go his way, he, 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 always, he was just always even keel. You know what I mean? He was never – too high or too low, he was always the same, you know. And uh, but man, uh, Jimmy Johnson, yeah, he's uh, man, he's uh, he, he, that's 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 a great one right there, one of all time greats. You know, there's only you, uh, three. You had any interactions or uh, got the chance to meet Jimmy at all? Not recently. I mean, I I remember you know when I was a kid, like one of those vivid young you know, child memories. I remember standing on the. the the introduction stage, driver introduction stage, and we were sitting there in a circle, and it was it was Gordon and Jimmy, and it was like, shoot, I don't remember who it was, but I remember them two, and it was like three other ones that are all you know complete legends. And uh, at the time, I'm like, I'm, Dad, I'm hungry. I want to, I want some graham crackers or something. Like I, just, <laughs> like I said, it, it meant nothing to me at the time, but I. Uh, not not when I could actually form sentences and and talk to the guy to have a good conversation. <laughs> well, I think in the future you will, you will, you'll have plenty of conversations with him moving forward. <laughs> you might so. even drive for him one day. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? So uh, when you look at twenty four lane, and of course you want to win races, lead laps, compete for the championship. But what are some other goals or some other things that you've, you've jotted down that you'd certainly love to cross off next season? Yeah, I mean, number one goal for me is to win a, win a truck race. I mean, I, I think that we're in the position now that we can do that. You know, going to be the best resource I've ever sat in before. And obviously, they got the notes. Uh, you know, Zane's gone almost undefeated at Daytona, and he's undefeated at Coda. The two track, I've never been on a super speedway. <laughs> I've never been on a road course. 
and I got to go fill the shoes and win them both. So, uh, you know, it's not any pressure on me. I'm just going to go out there and race and have a good time. And, you know, usually just when you go out there and you just race and have a good time, that's all you want to go do and just drive the race car. You usually do a whole lot better than when you put a lot of pressure on yourself or feel like you have to compete. And, uh, you know, luckily I've been able to do that even with our part-time starts. But, um, yeah, I'm going to also um, keep try to run some uh, short track races in the Cars Tour for Kevin Harvick next year too. I think we jotted down uh, six races we're going to try to try to run next year just on off weekends. I mean, there's plenty of off weekends in the Truck Series, so try to hit some big late model races and you know keep my grassroots uh, very strong. And you know the Cars Tour is blowing up right now, as everybody knows in the in the racing world. It's a super super stout competition. I mean, I ran both of them this year, and I think the Cars Tour's competition is just as hard as the Truck Series. And that's not wow. down in the truck series at all. The cars tour is tough. There's yeah. a lot of good guys out there. I mean, the teams are getting more and more professional. I mean, the, the, the guys that run up front in, in the late models now have pull-down rigs like the truck series do. So wow. it's like it's, it's getting really, really competitive. The purses are getting bigger. And um, you know, I'm, I'm just glad I had the success when I did the sport in, in that series. So, um, yeah, I want to win a truck race. That's my biggest goal and have fun while doing it. It's going to be no time before the Cars Tour is on TV, before we see it, you know, uh, here soon. You know, I, I it's blown up big time, and, and Lane, you're a big part of that, uh, you know, of, of its growth. I think that can be said, you know, with what your success was, what you are able to do. Dominic mentioned your goals for this year. Let me take that a step further, Lane. What are the ultimate goals? What do you want to accomplish? Is it? Getting to the Cup Series one day, is it competing on that stage? What, what, what's the ultimate dream? I mean, shoot. I mean, I, I only want to win, like, eight Cup championships. That's all I want to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> only eight. I like it. <laughs> but you, you, you got to set your goals high, set your expectations high. Um, yeah, I would love to be in the NASCAR Cup Series one day. It's what I've worked, worked for from the beginning. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm in equipment that I know that I can show up on any weekend and have a shot to win the race. Uh, you know, I've made sure that, in everything I've done, I've, I've tried to make sure I've positioned myself to be able to do that. I've never – I can't think of only a couple of times I've ever walked into a racetrack and thought, I got no shot to win today. You know, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm fully confident, fully confident my team, my equipment, my guys to be able to do that. So, um, no matter what, when I leave the sport, I want to be somebody that everybody knows gave it their all, you know, worked hard at it, did it the right way, and uh, want to be a role model one day. I love it. That's great. Uh, more to come with uh, Lane Riggs. We'll uh, get to our news and notes. We'll answer some questions for Lane coming up later on as well. But let's uh, let's start with some of the headlines going on in the sport. Dominic, take it away. I got plenty to catch up on here. There's so much to catch up on, and, and I make some notes here on the phone. So we'll just kind of speed through them, and we can just pick them apart. And of course, Tyler, I know I'm going to miss something. Just let me know what we miss, and we can break it down a little further. But on top of some of the news, of course, Lane Riggs announcing his deal in the NASCAR Truck Series. We've got Jimmy Johnson announcing his crew chief lineup with Jason Burdett leading his team in the part-time efforts. Noah Gregson going full-time in the Cup Series, replacing the outgoing Eric Almarola in the number 10 car. Eric Almarola, Ryan Truex, among others, running in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs in 2024. As well as Shane Van Gisbergen announcing a full-time Xfinity deal with Colleague Racing. Chase Elliott winning the most popular driver award in the, the NASCAR awards banquet, among other headlines. Tyler, what am I missing? Got to fill in some gaps for me here. Oh, those are the big ones. Let's start with Noah Gregson. Uh, David, I, I know you're a big Noah Gregson fan. Um, <laughs> he, he slides in that 10 car for, uh, for Stuart Hoss racing. And 
I, I got to say, like, it was unfortunate the way things ended. And I hope he's learned from it. Everything moved on. But uh, I, I'm happy that he's getting a second chance. And, and not just a second chance. He's getting a chance in, in a better ride, in a better organization here. This actually worked out pretty well for, for Noah Gregson here. No, it did, man. What a, you know, he's kind of like Lane Riggs, you know, just lots of talent, young guy. Uh, man, I, I, I'm excited for Noah. I, I'm uh, I'm excited what the way he's handled things, you know, an unfortunate situation. He's grown for it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he had to go through what he went through. But he, at the end of the day, he landed back on his feet. And I think, uh, and, and, and man, what a, you know, any race car driver like to be in his shoes, you know, I mean, it's uh, stepping into the 10 car at Stuart Haas racing. I mean, dude, don't get much better than that. So uh, I'm excited for him. I think, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see uh, how the season plays out for him, but man, he, he landed in a good, with a good organization. And I think they got some good funding behind them and uh, look for, uh, look for Noah to be very competitive, maybe win a couple races. Dominic, uh, that's Stuart Hall's organization. You got Ryan Priest coming off, I think it's fair to say, a disappointing season. Uh, Chase Briscoe wasn't great this year. Um, and then you add in a rookie in Josh Berry, a second-year driver in Noah Gragson, who didn't look that great this past year at Legacy Motor Club. Kevin Harvick gone. I, I would say this is the most pressure Stuart Hall's racing has ever had for that organization. A lot of young talent. And they got to grow up fast to, to compete here for a team that had a down year in 2023. And the only comparison that I could really think of, Tyler, that would come remotely close and in the same series in recent memory, when Rick Hendrick had to shake up the lineup at Hendrick Motorsports and Junior retired, and Jeff Gordon retired, and Jimmy Johnson was on the heels of retiring. And you have Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Alex Bowman all coming in with combined zero wins. You have three of those drivers on this roster now at Stuart Haas Racing with a combined zero wins as well. One win total among the entire organization. Now, that's not fair to make that lump sum comparison because a lot of these drivers have run up front in cup races. Kevin Harvick did just retire, but certainly a rebuilding year here upcoming in 2024. And, and I remember Ryan Priest making comments at Phoenix saying they don't necessarily feel like it's a rebuild. They already feel like they're already in motion. And, and, and he would agree that it wasn't the year that they were hoping for in 23, but that they're going to be that much better in 24. And you got to imagine too, Josh Berry and, and, and the grinder that he is in that race car, he's going to get the most out of that number four car. Got to imagine that's going to be the flagship car still. Yeah, Chef, for sure. Uh, Lane, let me ask you about Shane Van Ginsburg and certainly made some noise with that win in the Chicago street race, but now he's here to stay full-time Xfinity series racing. We're going to see him dabble in cup and truck as well. Um, I mean, he was awesome in supercars. This is a guy that's got a bright future. Uh, are, are, are you looking forward? I know that you mentioned you've never won on a road course, never run on a road course before. Are you looking forward to taking him on like racing him at some point on these road courses? Uh, Maybe you'll even it up a bit, uh, taking him on in these uh, these ovals here. I, I imagine that there's got to be some excitement to kind of go back and forth with a guy like this. Right now, no. I don't want to see him on a road course. <laughs> he will blow my doors off. But the one the one oval race he ran uh, was at IRP where we finished third. And I remember um, I was coming up to lap him, and he, he pointed me to the inside and all. And uh, I think I lapped him like three laps to go or something. But um, – yeah, I'll race him on an oval right now, straight up. But I don't know about a road. <laughs> I got to do some more sim work. 
I uh, if it shows how green I was, I didn't even know the Coda Road course that well. And uh, a couple of the blind corners on the sim, uh, I was getting to them, and I thought we were turning left. And uh, I turned the wheel left, and it, it was blind over to the right. And I like went off the track, and I'm like, oh gosh, they had to reset me and all. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of practicing, a lot of eye racing laps. I'm going to make sure I know that track in and out. Uh, thankfully, that's the only one we got to go to this year, um, which is tough because, I mean, when you're going up in the rankings, you go to Xfinity, they have, what, four or five a year? They go to a lot of road course races. So it's like, you know, the trucks before, I think they had one or two or three. Um, it, it makes it difficult when you don't have that experience. Obviously, it's easier now, but would you rather get your teeth kicked in early so when you move up later, it's, it'll be better? But, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's bringing the um, – Glad he's bringing the the emphasis to it. I'm glad he went to college, and you know I think he'll he'll mesh well over there with those guys, and um, you know just bringing some excitement in the sport when he did it. I know we were all had our jaw on the floor when he when he won the Cup race. I don't think I've ever seen any anybody come in and win their first ever Cup race. So um, first start, yeah, talent. yeah, first ever start. I'm sure there's one like back in the 40s or 50s or something when it was pretty new, but um, you know not definitely not in recent history, um, but for sure he's talented race car driver i know that he's really good on the the road courses especially the uh the street course but I, i'm excited to see how he's gonna pan out with everybody else when he's gonna be out of his element david so much excitement about svg uh with what he did and he's certainly a likable figure too the comparisons he got in supercars was to kyle bush uh that kind of an aggressive racer in that sense comes over the xfinity series full-time as far as expectations goes, I don't see any reason why SVG can't be in the playoffs, why he can't contend for a championship right away in the Xfinity Series next year. What do, what do you think about SVG's move to the Xfinity side full-time here? Man, what a great opportunity for him. And, you know, and uh, like he uh, going to a great organization that, that has ran strong over the last couple of years. And uh, he'll step into an organization that has a lot of passion, a lot of great resources. Uh, a lot of great people that know how to take those resources and and and, and put them to great use. Uh, so I think with uh, with this opportunity that you know, just listen to Lane speak about i racing and 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 the simulator and really studying his craft and and really before you get to the racetrack, it's probably the same thing that he he will be doing. You know and. Uh, I think as every lap is going to be critical. Every every lap he runs, he's going to learn. He's going to learn. But his ability, what we've seen him do, his feet work uh, at the street course there in Chicago, uh, and a guy that has that much talent, uh, you wouldn't think would take them long to really catch on uh, to what we got going on on our our circle tracks, you know. So uh, I know a lot of people are excited for him. Uh, his uh, he'll bring a lot of new eyeballs to our sport, which is a cool thing. Uh, and but there's a lot of people paying attention to to his opportunity to see how he does uh, uh, how he does does with it, you know. And uh, so you know that he'll be strong on the road courses, and, and it'll be interesting interesting to see uh, how quickly. He adapts to 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 NASCAR style racing on, on our uh, circle track tracks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be gonna be cool. You know, it's a lot a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, we look at him and look at look at uh, Lane and just man, there's a lot of cool cool stories out there. 
Yeah, yeah, certainly so. Uh, Dominic, uh, what else we got going here? Well, of course, every week we look and see who we're going to pick for the race, who are the odds-on favorites. Well, I'll tell you what, Tyler, we're still 10 weeks away, nine weeks away from Daytona, but it's never too early to start thinking of who you're going to be placing your bets on for the 2024 Daytona 500. Earlier this month, NASCAR announced the odds-on favorites for the 2024 Daytona 500. Maybe a surprise? No surprise. He's never won the Daytona 500. But Ryan Blaine is the odds-on favorite at 9-1 to at this time to win the Great American Race next year. Some of the other odds-on favorites, if you will, at 11-1 to each, Chris Buescher and Brad Kozlowski at RFK Racing, as well as Chase Elliott. Now, what I find interesting there, Tyler, is that the top four odds at this time, none of them have ever won the Daytona 500. William Byron, though, and Denny Hamlin are the next ones at 12 to 1. Denny Hamlin, a three-time Daytona 500 winner. And I believe William Byron has set on the pole for the 500 before. And as you work down the list, last year's Daytona 500, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is 20 to 1. The 2021 Daytona 500, highest odds at this time. Michael McDowell sitting at 40 to 1. And as of right now, your highest odds-on favorite is the man that Lane replaced with Zane Smith at 100 to one for the 2024 Daytona 500. Of course, still two months out, but never too early to start talking numbers. Yeah. Uh, Lane, I know that Christmas is around the corner here. Thanksgiving was a couple weeks ago and everything, but we, we'd be lying if we said Daytona wasn't on everybody's minds right now. What What's it like uh, for you and just other teams these next few weeks prepping for speed weeks, which will be here soon? Yeah, I know they're already building the trucks, and I've uh, been trying to stay tight with the guys in the fab shop. The, the people in the fab shop, the people that build the bodies in the trucks, they're the guys that, that make us look good on the racetrack. So uh, trying to create a relationship with those guys. I told them anytime they need a hand, I'll I'll come in there and I'll I'll beat some sheet metal out. I'm not scared. Um, I know they appreciated that a lot, but it uh for sure. I mean, Daytona's going to be tough. I'm, I've never ran a super speedway in my life. Uh, I did run Atlanta in a truck that only lasted about 30 laps though but uh, I, I still got a little bit of a feel I know what it's going to be like I've seen a lot of footage uh, like I said iRacing I'm going to be on iRacing racing with some guys at about you know, midnight uh, drafting at Daytona trying to figure out how to do it so um, back to your favorite Brian Blaney to win the race um, his spotter Josh Williams is also going to be my spotter for next year uh, it's going to stay with the number 38 truck he was he was Zane Smith's spotter uh, when he ran the truck, and he's, he's going to stick with the 38 and be with me next year. So uh, already trying to build a relationship with him. I think we're going to probably uh, after after New Year's, we're going to sit down in the shop pretty quickly and start watching footage, watching races. I mean, uh, it, it's what it takes, especially the Speedway stuff, just to sit there and talk about it. Just, you know, put yourself in the situations, even if you've never, never done it before. Very cool. Definitely exciting. Uh, David, uh, Daytona, uh, from your perspective, uh What's what's the next few weeks like for you or just these other teams ahead of uh, of counting down uh, the the, uh, the days to uh, speed weeks here? I know you got your stuff going on with the racing school, but I, I'm sure Daytona's on everybody's minds right now. Man, it's uh, man, that's 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 the Super Bowl, you know. It's uh, no no doubt about it. Just for me, you know, trying to uh, finish up all my contract with sponsors and uh, and just trying to get that done. It's like. You know, it's so kind of uh, trying to enjoy the holidays here, but it's, uh, you know, it's somewhat nerve wracking, you know, because uh, time is not on our side, you know, and uh, there's a lot of teams and drivers uh, in that same situation. But, uh, but man, it's you, the, the quicker you can get all that done, the more 
funding you give the team, the more they can get the, their cars ready to get the season started, you know. So, uh, but man, you speak of Daytona. Uh, I was listening to Dominic talk about the odds on favorites and, you know, who's man. You know, it's like Michael McDowell went in that thing a couple of years ago. That was unbelievable. You know, you just got to put yourself in the right position and there, there's no telling who's going to win the Daytona 500. And then just, and the same goes for the Xfinity race and the truck series race, you know, and, uh, it's, it's such a exciting weekend to kick off the, 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 the season. Uh, but man, it's, uh, if there was one that, that every driver in, in, in all three series would want to win, it would be Daytona, you know, and, uh, it's tough. It's Daytona. They're hard to come by, you know, and I just look and listen to uh, Lane speak, you know, just uh, he's got a spotter with a lot of experience and a team with a lot of experience. And, uh, you know, I don't know how close Lane's uh, relationship is with uh, Zane, but, you know, he's going to have some really good people around him. And uh, and I'm, I know when Daytona gets here, he'll be ready for it. But uh, but man, if, if there's one we all want to win, that's that would be it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So our uh, Ask David segment coming up next. We ask you guys to submit questions to us each and every week on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash star podcast, X at star podcast, and also by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us there. Uh, our questions this week for both David and Lane. Uh, first one in the inbox. This one's from Tim, and uh, it's for everybody. Uh, Tim wants to know, what is everybody's Favorite memories of uh, Scott Riggs. We'll start with uh, with Lane. Uh, Lane, what's what's your favorite memories of your dad over the years? Oh, there's too many to, too many to think about. <laughs> you got to make me think about that one. I, I I need to find. A, I need to think of a good funny story. Maybe something embarrassing for him that that nobody's heard before. Let's let's circle back to you. Let's go to David then. Yeah, let me think about that one. Man, you know uh, Scott was just he was just a great guy. Uh, I remember him driving for Jimmy Smith, Ultra Motorsports, the number two truck, you know, it was fast. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember going up to Scott, asking him about some things, and he was just so down to earth, you know, but uh, uh, just a great guy always. Every time I'd go see him and talk to him, he was just, uh, he was nice. Uh, he was very, uh, very serious, and uh, but he was just a, he was a great guy, and that's what I remember about your dad. He's very competitive. Uh, very every if you were going to win a race, you were going to have to beat Scott Riggs, you know. And then remember the opportunities going into Cup racing. He he did it all, you know. And uh, and he would kind of remind me of Jimmy Johnson, just level headed, uh, you know. And, and he was very humbled. Uh, he didn't beat on his chest, but man, when the green flag dropped. Uh, he he let his ability to do the talking for him, but uh, he was just always a great guy. And I always thought uh, Scott, uh, you know, he ran NASCAR. I don't remember what his career span was. I don't know if it was a 14, 15, whatever. However many years it was, I, I thought, you know, in hearing Lane talk about his dad earlier, uh, you know, I, I really thought that uh, that he his career was kind of – Cut somewhat short because uh, when he when he when you didn't see Scott Riggs anymore, uh, he 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 still had the ability and and, and it was kind of interesting to hear from Lane what what kind of happened right there at the end of uh, his dad's career. But yeah. uh, but a great guy, Dominic. What about you? 
Well, mine, of course, you got to think Dominic's going to go with something obscure. And I'd be curious to know if Lane was at these races. But the the first two races I ever got to go, first NASCAR races as a fan, was in high school. And I got to go to the Phoenix races in 2009 and 2010. And it's about that time your dad was running those starting park gigs. And he ran with Tommy Baldwin in 09 in the Curtis key car or Raymond key car in 2010. But I really remember the 2010 run because – that was a car that kept messing races with Casey Mears. And then Mears was a relief driver for Hamlin. So they put your dad in for like a one or two race deal. And he outqualified half the field. I mean, he gets in the race. And, and this was before stage racing. I remember that black, nighty, unsponsored Chevrolet running laps. And, and there was some sort of color. Whoever was crew chiefing told Scott to stay out midway through the race. And I remember hearing like on the little scanners that your dad was like running on fumes and a caution came out. And he was running sixth or seventh. And that black nighty car stayed on the lead lap for most of that 400 lap race at Phoenix and about two laps to go. Blew a tire, hit the wall, still finished, I think, 22nd or 23rd. But especially at that time where there was just so much of these, these big teams and these small teams. And there really was no in between. It was pretty cool to see that nighty car running top 20 for most of the race. Again, in an unsponsored car in a very underfunded team and seeing Scott Riggs will the heck out of that car and stay on the lead lap for most of the race. Yeah, those are some great memories. I I, I think back uh, that Daytona 500 run he had when he finished, what was it, fourth? Uh, I think that was like his second or third year in Cup. Um, uh, that was a big deal. That, that was an underdog story, you know. I mean, it, it was awesome to see. And, and, and Dominic, you'll appreciate this. I love playing that NASCAR video game back in the day. That Valvoline paint scheme, I'll be honest, <laughs> was badass. That was – I made a point. You'll appreciate this, Lane. To beat the race as uh, as Scott Riggs on the NASCAR video game because I love that paint scheme. That Valvoline car was as good as any good as any car on the track. Good looking uh, was one of my favorites. The red, white, and blue, and everything that was awesome. So uh, those are what come to mind. Lane, uh, did you think of a uh, a good funny story here? I got a pretty good one, and yeah, Dominic, I appreciate you telling me that story. I I didn't never know about that. That's cool that somebody else had a. A memory that he can relate to and um yeah obviously at the time i was probably still sucking on my thumb i didn't know what was going on <laughs> Glad you were able to remind me and uh and tyler yeah the 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 p4 at daytona it was on tv the other night i think they had like the nascar classics race or like oh, yeah. races and it was on there and uh it was he came across the line and he was uh he photo finished with with jimmy johnson and and jeff gordon side by side and um that was actually his rookie First ever cup race. I think that was his rookie race. Wow. It was 04. Wow. I think. It was 04. Okay. It was either 04 or 05. It was either his first ever one or his second one. Um, I'm thinking first, though, for some reason. But, anyways, um, yeah, the story I'm thinking about is uh, about about five, six years ago. And uh, we were racing in the Cars Tour. And I actually, um, you know, he dad loves to ride his dirt bike. Uh, he actually started off motocross racing. And that's how he got to start in motorsports. And, uh, the reason he started cars is because he got home from school one day with his cast on after he broke his arm racing dirt bikes. And his dirt bike was in about 20 pieces after my grandpa went out there and cut it up with the Sawzall. And then, you know, he got all upset, mad, and he said, well, why don't you just come in the shop? And uh, obviously, I, I wasn't there. I just heard the stories. He said, well, just come in the shop. And there set a four-cylinder race car and said, you're going to go racing with the cage now, not these stupid dirt bikes. So, um so, yeah, that, that's always a story I think of. But um, the one I'm thinking of is about four or five years ago, uh, we were riding dirt bikes. I fell. I broke my collarbone in half. And uh, we were mid-season running for points. 
And uh, we were we were doing some kind of deal. We we're trying to keep, I think, the owner's points, the the, the number that you drive for, the points were uh, pretty important at the time. So um, we had to make the race, and it was in Orange County. Of course, the weekend after I broke my collarbone, it was the Orange County race, the one I wanted to go to so bad. And um, he he was my relief driver. He had to run the race, and the car was terrible. I mean, he he <laughs> drove the wheels off that thing. I mean, obviously, he got all he could out of it, and we were running like. Yeah, 13th all race. Uh, qualified bad and gotten a wreck or two. And um, I forgot who he was racing with. But anyways, they were racing. And he, he told me that he, he pointed his finger out the window, like, you know, take the inside. You know, you're faster than me. Take it. And uh, went down in the corner and the guy just I mean, obliterated, just doored him up the hill, used him up. And he's, he you know, told me after, he's like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that. So, you know, he got loose and you know, he's 10 car lengths back now from this guy. And he blasts down into turn one, wide open, banging the rev limiter, went on the apron of the racetrack just to come up and slam the dude. I mean, he he he's he said that's the only time he's ever intentionally wrecked somebody and he said it felt so good. And he, he destroyed the car, but uh got out and the guy wasn't even mad at him because he's like, I mean, I don't I don't know, I don't even think they talked, but it was no fight or anything. He just kind of accepted the fact that that's what happened. But, um, yeah, I remember that the fans there that night, because, I mean, that's his first race back since he ran Cup, and they packed the grandstands, and they were going nuts. I'm talking nuts in the grandstands, obviously. Um, that's still talked about to this day and laughed about uh, of how crazy that was. But, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite memories of him, being, a, being a, the crazy Scott Riggs that he is. So oh, Mr. Great. Cool lost his cool. <laughs> he lost his cool bit. He, he said, I have nothing to lose. What am I going to do? Lose my sponsors? <laughs> he just <laughs> he said, what am I going to do? Get suspended next week? You're he said, I'm, this is my last ever late model race, probably. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. There I was one this. photo I saw, Lynn. I'd be curious to ask if you if you remember any of this when your dad won the Open in 2006. There's a photo of you and him and Victor Lane holding the yep. trophy and I was curious if you remember that or just being around and being in that environment when he did win that race. It's again, that's so sad. I don't remember any of it. I mean, like I it was one of those childhood memories. Like I remember everybody was so excited and celebrating. You know, I was, you know, I didn't really get it. It was like, okay, so what? I mean, sure, we're over here, we're holding this piece of glass. What is this thing? You know, I, I wish that I cherished the moments more. I was worried about getting my graham crackers and my my uh you know hot dog when I get back. That was more important to me than anything. So, it um, like I said, it, it was cool that I'm there. It's cool there's pictures of it, but I'm hate that I hate that I wasn't really of age to understand it and experience it. And you know, yeah. as I would. Uh, another question coming in the inbox. Uh, this one's from Bomani. Uh, Bomani wants to know, guys, uh, with Christmas here, what's the best Christmas present you've ever received? Don, we'll start with you this time. Oh boy, I, I think we got a similar question last year, and and. Of course, you appreciate all the gifts you get and anybody thinks of you, but one that I think that just impacted me the most as a four-year-old Santa Claus bringing a PlayStation and a bunch of games, and in that game, NASCAR 99. And that's the game that got me <laughs> on the sport of NASCAR. Now, now, Lane, I don't know if you know this or not. I'm from New Mexico. We don't have motorsports that much out here. We have IndyCar. You have your occasional nascar fan that you see out in public but nascar is not really popular here in new mexico and, and that extended to my family but to be able to to play that video game at a young age and and, and grow an appreciation for it and and then just how it's transpired into to having 
uh, spot in the sport 20 some years later. And you couldn't have scripted it any better. And I think for me, Tyler, that NASCAR 99 video game has to be the most impactful game or impactful gift I've ever gotten on Christmas. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good choice. Uh, David, how about you? Man, you know, I, I kind of just listen to Lane and hearing all his exciting news and everything, you know, I think Christmas came early for him. Uh, a guy that's worked hard and uh, deserved the right, earned that right. I always thought over the years uh, when Christmas time was here, you know, I was just so thankful. I didn't need a gift from anybody. My gift was, man, I, you know, I signed a contract with this team or had a good sponsor. This, you know, I, I was just always thankful for the, you know, going into that next year, looking forward to Daytona and to the season, man. I, I tell you, you know, uh, Christmas was always special last 25 years for me, knowing what I was going to get to compete all year long, you know. And uh, so I, I guess the the best Christmas ever really uh, was really when my two boys were born. Uh, but, man, all, all the racing, still the racing and the teams I got to drive for and the sponsors, you know, that was just I always really thought, man, what a blessing to, to wake up Christmas morning and know that, man, that you're a NASCAR race car driver. You made it and uh, you was going to race another year for a great team. That was always really, I know it's kind of not really, a, a you know, but, man, I was all, the last 25 years, Christmas has been, been beautiful for me. And, and just like it is for Lane, you know, so absolutely, that's, so that's kind of what my great Christmas presents have been. Yeah. Uh, Lane, what about on your end, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, on a simple term, I think first dirt bike, that was pretty cool. Uh, Santa Claus put it right up under the tree. Uh, somehow, <laughs> somehow, somehow he got that thing down the chimney. I don't know how he did it, but uh, <laughs> that was that was the love for, for you know, that, that was amidst my stick and ball time, trying to do the golf and do this. And then I got that dirt bike, and it, that was it. The stick and balls got put on Craigslist because I didn't want them anymore. That was it, and then I turned into the go-kart later. Uh, I didn't get the go kart for Christmas or anything, but it uh, it was one of the things. It was it was near the same time period. But the first little dirt bike that was my first. It was a Suzuki, uh, fifty. One of them little peewee bikes, super super tiny. Uh, we still got it. I think we. I think we. Dad's gonna build a trophy case for it one day for it because that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. We we still ride it around in the driveway sometimes just for memories. But um, yeah, just always thankful for for everything I've got. My Christmas gift this year already come early. People are asking me, my grandma's like, man, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I don't want anything. I already got everything. <laughs> I got to the point now, I got everything I want. And, uh, you know, I've been thankful for it all. It's been, I've had a great childhood and always been blessed with great things. And, you know, I couldn't be more happy with everything. I love that. I love that. That's great stuff. Well, how about you guys? Man, uh, me growing up, like, uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you guys seen that movie, uh, Step Brothers. Uh, the line, don't touch my drum set. Uh, my, my my favorite Christmas gift, I, I, I'm a drummer. Uh, I don't know how many people know this. Uh, you know, I, I do love, you know, music and, you know, being in the drum set. But it started with me getting a drum set at home from my mom and dad and uh, from Santa Claus. And uh, I, I, I'll say this. I don't know how pleased the neighbors were about, you know, having the drum set in the living room and banging on that. But... Uh, that was probably my favorite gift growing up was was having that and uh, just inspired you know my love for music and and uh, and and Dominic I, I, I've gotten to play in your band before too. Oh, absolutely! Like Tyler, I'm a drummer and 
had a band for eight years. We got to play locally and play the casinos and that sort of thing. And 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 I got to say, guys, Tyler's pretty good on the drums. I, I had to go and and play the bass. I don't mind moving over when somebody's better. Tyler's pretty darn good at the drums. I'm I'm there struggling with the bass guitar. And my dad's on the guitar, but we had a good time. That was a fun jam session. Oh, it's yeah. amazing what you learn on these podcasts. I had no idea that Dominic, you had a band and and, and that. Tyler could play the drums. Pretty cool. I'll say this, David. Our, our, <laughs> our claim to fame, we hit the recording studio. We did a single. And then we got to be the opening act for Quiet Riot when they came to the casino years ago. But that's that's our band's claim to fame. And eh, I don't even know, did we really open? Because we were the first band to sign up for Battle of the Bands. But that's what we like to say is we did open for Quiet Riot. Yeah, I, I'm an honorary member of the uh, Garage Pirates, you know, with my, <laughs> my one performance there. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Guys, uh, before we wrap up, this this hour has just flown by. I'm not going to lie. It's been a lot of fun uh, catching up with you guys and doing this show again. Lane, uh, what's uh, what's the next few days look like for you, man, as you get ready for the holidays and everything? What's going on in your world? Yeah, I mean, everything's starting to slow down. I um, you know, just finished up my last my semester at UNC Charlotte. I, I don't know if I mentioned it. I, I go to UNC Charlotte. I'm, I'm doing their mechanical engineering program. Um uh, and they have a they have a motorsports program too there, so I'm trying to do that. Uh, I'm going to be starting. Well, I'm going to be a three semester senior, and I just finished my first semester as a, as a senior in college. And uh, I told David before the show, I said I'm going to brag on myself. I got all A's this past semester. I just found out two days ago. <laughs> hey, awesome. proud of myself out for all the hard long nights I had to do. I had two labs, two report, two twenty page long reports due at the same date. It was a long long semester, so I was glad that that paid off, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just soaking it all in. We had a championship party. Well, not a championship party. A uh, winning party. Well, not winning. Whoa. We've had a lot of championship and a lot of winning parties in the past. But we had our first celebration of an opportunity party this past Saturday. Um, all my late model team, all them guys came over. We had a good time. Took me a little while to recover Sunday morning. Uh, I, had a, <laughs> I had too good of a time at the later part of the night. But um it, it was great to see everybody and spend time with people. And right now it's Christmas time. I'm going to try to spend time with the family and dad. Um, you know, talking about Scott, he's feeling a little bit under the weather right now. I think he's got some kind of virus or something. But um, hopefully he gets over it before the, before the holidays and we get to travel and see everybody. But, um, yeah, I mean, still just, you know, got a couple more shows to podcast lined up. Um, you know, talk to some more people and telling my story. And, yeah, I appreciate you guys letting me come on here and, and tell y'all and tell all your viewers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. David, what's going on in your world the next few days, man? Man, just trying to slow down a little bit, start enjoying Christmas, going to some plays and going to go ice skating, just spend a little time with my family and uh, just uh, slowing down some. And, and uh, Christmas is here, and uh, we've, been, been, we've been busy at the racing school and been in a lot of meetings and traveling some. So uh, it's, it's, uh, tomorrow we'll run a, work a half day and then uh, – call it quits until after Christmas, you know, so uh, just spend some time with uh, a lot of our family and just uh, and enjoy the meaning of Christmas and enjoy Christmas. So that's what, that's what we're going to do the next, you know, three or four days. What about you guys? Headed, uh, headed back home to uh, Tulsa, go see the family uh, on a Thursday. So that'll be good. And then uh, back here for uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas <laughs> day. So awesome. uh, going on in my world, but Guys, uh, a lot of fun doing this show as always. Hope everybody has a great Christmas. Lane, before we run, where can people follow you and see all the stuff you're doing and, and keep up with your racing stuff, man? Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, X or Twitter, and Facebook at Lane Riggs 99 um, 
you know, I, I run all my own social pages. I try to keep everybody updated as much as I can and make make it look good and uh, make sure everybody can collaborate and have the, the Riggs fan community uh, make sure they all are up to speed. So um, make sure you give me a follow on there. And, uh, all the latest news and, and outcoming things are always always posted there. Awesome. Great stuff awesome. there. Check out Lane, and uh, we'll definitely be rooting you on this season, man, and uh, look forward to it, and best of luck here in 2024. We will sign off. We'll put the checkered flag on this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on social media, X at Star Podcasts, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, also, Facebook.com slash Star Podcast. And by email, you can reach out to us there, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you back here next time. For David Starr, Dominic Aragon, and Lane Riggs, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. Have a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next time right here on Let's Go Radio.